Then I brought my mum out to enjoy wherever we were at in different countries. Then thereafter, during the pockets of free time, we start to work again. Wow, the stress was immense. My guest today has built up $100,000 by her own at the age of 27. She's left a stable job. She's now on the way to build a solid personal brand on YouTube. Her name is Demi Chuang. Demi, welcome. Hello. Demi, let's understand a bit on your story. Because in Singapore, we are all taught to find a stable job, stay there, don't do anything too creative. So what exactly is your background? Okay, so I'm 27 this year and I graduated from uni in 2019. I took accounting finance, um, went into a stable career in internal audit in the private education industry. So I was there for three and a half years before recently quitting my job in July 2023 to pursue something more passion related. Do you feel any pressure from your family to leave a full-time job to start something on your own or not? Because many no. in the audiences will be thinking, hey, I want to try something, but there's always bills to pay, there's always parents' expectations. Okay, I think my background gives me a little bit more push towards being able to do what I do. So I'm not attached, neither do I have plans to get married, and I don't have um, uni loan. So that gives me the ability to be able to try out different things along, like after graduating university or so. So when it comes to my parents, they were always very supportive with whatever that I do, even during my uni days, or even when I was younger, with whatever that I wanted to try out. They were just saying, go ahead and try, you know, what's the worst that could happen? So I guess that really shaped the mindset behind why I do and try a lot of different things in my life. So prior to even doing YouTube, I've written um, websites before, but that didn't take off. So like trying different side hustles, in hopes that I can try and create the ideal life that I want for myself. So when it comes to family, even my siblings, they were all very supportive with whatever that I'm doing. Even right now, as I'm living in Korea, doing what I do to be able to create the life that I want for myself down the road, they were all very supportive. So you mentioned you wrote blogs, and those were also finance-related. No. So prior to even going into personal finance, the interest that I had was traveling, or like writing about places, sceneries, that kind of thing. So it was more travel related. So you mentioned also that you were in audit. Yes. So would there be any regrets not leaving the audit space? Because many okay. of the peers will be progressing in career very quickly. What? One thing that sets me apart is that I knew for myself that I never wanted to be in this red race working nine to six for the rest of my life. So the ideal um, phase that I want, or rather the life that I want is to be able to do what I love, and yet still make a living out of it. So that I don't have to... Like, retirement to me is not like I retire, don't do anything, just enjoy life, travel. But it's more like being able to find something that I'm passionate about, I can do consistently until probably the day I go to heaven or something like that. <laughs> yeah. So it's not so like a sabbatical, is... your face or not. You work a couple of years, you saved up money already. Then this is a sabbatical to try something new. Is that a good description? Yes, somewhat like that. So after working for about three and a half years or coming to a point where I have already built up something that still earns me some form of income, it, and I do have savings as well, it gives me the space and the time to work on other things that I want to try. So Demi, I also wanted to ask you on motivations because your background is a corporate job. I guess it's also tiring, nine to six. How do you find the motivation to do side hustles? Okay, I think earlier I mentioned is that not 
wanting to work nine to six till I sixty years till I'm sixty years old or like fifty over years old that kind of time frame, that spurred the effort to go and find out more about what can I try to in order to be able to make it something that I love to do and yet at the same time help other people. So being able to work towards that lifestyle really gave me the motivation to find out about what can I do. And even during the times when we were all at COVID lockdown, during COVID lockdown, there were a lot of times we were all on YouTube watching a lot of videos. I guess that's how people like start to go viral, right? So the same way how I watch YouTube videos to learn is the same way how I try to build whatever that's coming. So in, in terms of working nine to six, the reality of my job is that at the start, it was difficult. Like you learn the ropes, you, there were long hours and everything. But as time goes by, things become easier. And mm. I didn't have to, because of like improvements in the industry itself, we didn't have to OT as much as we used to. So that gave me a lot of a lot more time to be able to work on the things that I wanted to. Of you course, in a- taxi hours in that corporate job, which means you can work from home on some days and you can use Correct. the time to optimize the time for even side hustles. Yes, yes. So during COVID, I think a lot of times we were working from home. Hmm. Then during lunch break or even before work, I will go and research more about this or like come up with plans, concrete plans to work towards something. So that was how I managed to put like whatever plans that I have into motion. And also, I mean, there were a lot of times I give up on things like going out with friends hmm. or like watching Netflix, the, the, the usual thing that people talk about. If you If you go out there and people ask you how you want to like grow your money towards financial freedom people tell you pick up side hustles but there are a lot of things that you need to give up on it's reality it is what it is I, I think most not of the time, enough mm, also yeah the sacrifice correct weekend correct. stuff correct so Sundays are my like dedicated YouTube doing like filming editing one entire day so I churn out one video on a dedicated Sundays then after work on like Monday to Friday I'll script content find out more about what I wanted to film and help people with I see also on your website that there's some improvements to it already, if I'm not wrong, correct? I've been <laughs> quite a few months ago. And I think the layout is a bit different. It's neater now. It's it's very visual. How, how yes. do you pick up these skills to build a website? Also through YouTube videos. So a lot <laughs> of things, how we learn, it's always through Google search, YouTube videos, and step-by-step guide. There are a lot of people doing this kind. So the same way how we teach people through the videos that we do on YouTube is the same way how I learn also. So the, the part of time commitment, if this is important for building the brand further, you need to commit time to learn it and develop, yes. correct? Correct, yes. Wow, so is that usually the biggest resistance that you hear also from your friends when you suggest, hey, maybe you should start a side hustle if you want to build up more savings? It really is. A lot of times, um, okay, one of the things that is the hardest is to be able to find something that you are passionate about to do consistently. So with whatever that we are doing, for example, if personal finance wasn't something that I was interested in, right, it wouldn't be easy doing it consistently. It takes consistency to show results at the end of the day. I didn't see results in the first few months. Like the first few times, first few months doing YouTube, the views you get are like 20, 30, 40, 50. It's the same. As your sub- correct, right? So as your subscribers grow, you get you start to see, like, you know, it's exciting. The content you create helps people. The comments come in, say, hey, actually, what you do really helped me in my own budgeting, um, like, budgeting my finances in that way. So that, like, motivated me to continue doing what I do. Like, share what has helped me. And then at the end of the day, help someone else out there. It's like a ripple effect. When we see growth, we also get a lot of validation. Mm. 
feels it feels addictive actually. You know, wow, this has improved over a previous one, and that keeps correct. us moving also. And a lot of times, yes. what is going behind the scenes is we always have to refine it, correct? Mm. What videos did well, what videos didn't do well, and there's yeah. always a process of improvement that takes yes. a bit of work also on that front. Yes, correct, correct, yeah. So when it comes to my friends who think like you know, um, what can they do to earn more besides their day job? The first phase of finding out what to do is the hardest. Once you find it, stick at it, keep consistent at it. Most of the time, it works out, really. And I always yeah. share with people, like, if I were to do a football channel, for example, I like football, but mm. deep down, I'm not super passionate as compared to a coach who teaches children, who, who has a lot of tactical knowledge and stuff. Then mm. if I were to start something which I only have a bit of interest in, it may not last also. Versus something Correct. that, you know, we are very passionate, we can do for years. Yes, so that, yes. that's something to consider if you want to start a side hustle. How to tie it very closely to a passion. So let's move on to the third question on savings. Then you have built up 100,000 by age of 27. There are some people yes. who don't believe it can be done. Could you share with us some numbers or some ratios? Okay. To be very honest, when it comes to my own personal finances, I have good habits. I know that I can't spend beyond my means. That kind of thing were all ingrained by my dad, who's very good at his own personal finances also. So I did share on the channel, like budgeting, savings, etc. But in my early years of just graduating, got my first full-time job, I wasn't, I didn't save as much as I wanted or like I could have. Mm. So I do still spend, I do enjoy. And to me, food was something that I was very willing to spend on. Something that's like the way to my heart. Same goes for everyone else also. So after working for a few years, years before I started YouTube, I went back to check. Actually, my entire net worth was roughly about maybe 30 over 1,000. So that was probably at the age of 25 years old. 20 over 1,000. No uni, no uni debt no uni school loans that kind um gradually after that when i worked out a plan to want to save a hundred thousand before the age by 30 years old by 30 years old the usual goal that people have i figured i would reach it by 29 with just my full-time job income so i nothing nothing was in plan that you know i would leave my job at 27 i would have reached 100k by 27 it was more like um working my way towards the 100k goal at the age of before 30 years old with only my full-time job income. So it, it's still very possible. I was actually drafting out uh, a content that I wanted to share with people about how they can also gradually reach 100k, even in like probably five years if you just started working with the current pay range. It's actually very possible. Before hitting 30 years old, you can save 100k. So when I when I saved 30 over 1,000 before I started YouTube, and with YouTube, gradually it started receiving income after like eight eight months to a year, thereabouts. Then the boost really came from, I, I, I can't deny it, it really came from YouTube. So, as, so whatever as extra I, became hmm. amounts that you can save because you didn't inflate your own expenses. Correct, correct. So like like what you mentioned, you as we grow our earning capacity, if you inflate your um, expenses along with it, definitely you won't be able to save as much. But as long as you ingrain, like I, ha- I had it in me to have good money habits, to save up what I have, to not go beyond my means. That is how I managed to save up whatever extra I earn by the age of 27 to hit that 100k. I think a key point that you mentioned is also have a plan, something you were stressing mm. on. When you look back at your own books, you were aiming at 30 and mm. you exceeded it even 
by some luck that YouTube came in, it worked out well, you managed to deliver yeah. that target at the age of 27. So having a plan is very important. Yeah. That yeah. also ties into some things I've discovered on your webpage also. Some people who are older than you who ask advice, is this a mm. first thing that you mentioned them, have a plan first? Even right. though if they are older than you, it's a bit scary to suggest this to them. There's this one quote that says, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Definitely with whatever that you set out to do, have a rough plan in mind. It doesn't have to be something that you follow throughout the years. Plans can change. But with a overview of what you want, the bigger goal in mind, you somehow will be will stay on track as you review it consistently, maybe every month or every a few every few months. That was how it worked out for me also. So after like I did have a plan by 29 years, by 29 years old, 30 years old to reach 100k. But as you go back and revisit that plan, then I start to realize like, eh, wow, my, my, my entire net worth actually grew. And all of this is without counting in my CPF money also. So it's like, wow, it, it worked out well. Then what is the next goal? Like you shift the goalpost to the different, like at different stages of your life. Correct. Mm-hmm. Age of 30, getting to 100,000, I also feel it's important because some will get married, buy house and stuff. Correct. This initial capital would help a family avert certain loans like renovation. Yeah. So you do definitely need this capital on hand quickly. And age 30, 100,000 is something that I also suggest to work towards for each and every one. I think one more thing I want to add is that the empowerment that financial independence bring is really understated. Like it's it's not as much like it's not talked about as much as it should be like example in my own case is that the reason why i even left singapore to be here in korea for a few months is because the the situation that i was in in singapore didn't wasn't able to put me at my full potential to be able to spend more hours doing what i can do to work on projects that i want to so so with by being financially independent not relying on people to you know like these, all this is not funded by my parents. It's all, all just based off my own savings or the side hustle income that comes in. So if you're unhappy in certain circumstances that you're in, having the financial capability to, to make decisions, to bring yourself out of it is also something that is very empowering, I feel. I can mm. quiz you a bit on your new plan since right now you're in Korea. Is there somewhere you'll be staying for a long period of time? And how do you balance YouTube? projects while staying over there uh okay uh, right now for those of you who do not know i'm in korea until next year before chinese new year so 2024 chinese new year in between that i'll be flying to japan to really just take a break break so what i'm doing is more like relocating myself but it doesn't mean that um, i'm just here for enjoyment it's more to be able to be more focused on the projects that i want to um to, to work on subsequently also. So in Jeju, Jeju was a place that I stayed at in 2022 for about a month and a half. And I felt it was conducive. It was a place that, you know, I really liked. It's near the beach and everything, something like that. But the, it is also the fact that it's cheaper that, than renting in Singapore. So like my run, monthly rental here cost me about 900 SGD. Um, kitchen. It is spacious. It is really very spacious. I do have a video on my channel showing a room tour of the exact same space also. So it's being here on Jeju keeps me focused to be able to churn out more content, something that I want to do also to push. So now I'm uploading every Wednesday and also Sundays, hopefully in hopes to be able to help people around our age to be better at their personal finances. In addition to that, 
to work on the projects that I want to work on coming ahead. So one of the things that I really wanted to do is to be able to write more. So more like blog posts coming out on the websites. That is why I even started the entire website also. I think so, you can even so write on being a digital nomad, right? Because right now you are well on that path of being a digital nomad. You can create income living overseas. And increasingly, mm. that's an ambition that many in the younger generation aspire to reach to. Yes, correct, correct. Yes, that is something that I think this path is not exactly for everyone also. Like previously when I was at my full-time job and I was able to remote work due to certain circumstances, I felt like it wasn't for me. Like because work was so busy, I spent like a lot of odd hours working. I wake up at like four-ish and I started working. Then I brought my mom out to enjoy wherever we were at in different countries. And then after doing the pockets of free time, you start to work again. Wow, the stress was immense. It wasn't something that I expected also, but it was a good experience to know that, you know, if you were to work a normal corporate job with a lot of responsibilities, it can get pretty stressful as compared to like just working nine to six in Singapore. So you, you mentioned also $900 for rent. Is living yes. cost in Jeju much cheaper than Singapore? I think it can be if you manage it well. So if, take for example, if you go out to a diner, a normal place to go and have your meals, it can cost roughly about 8 to $10 one dish, one meal. But the quantity is a lot. It will definitely keep you full. Just that you, if you want to really compare it to Singapore, you can't go to a coffee shop to get like ban mein for $5 or like Thai fan for $4, that kind of prices you can't get. So living here... I feel it brings my cost down in a way that I don't dine out as often. I cook more while I'm here and I walk a lot more. So I get my exercises in, I eat more healthily, I live more healthily. I maximize everything here. So I feel in terms of dual arbitrage of moving myself here, it is definitely cheaper. If you were to rent in Singapore, it can easily cost up to like $2,000, like a thousand, high, in the high $1,000 range, $2,000. Thank you for sharing so much, Demi. Anyone listening in, if you have questions for Demi, do leave in comment sections and do check out her channel also. She touches a lot on personal finances and she has a lot of very interesting spreadsheets that you can check out to help your own personal finance journey. Thank you, Demi, for joining today's discussion. Thank you for having me. And together, we will see you in a future episode. Take care and goodbye.